1: Coming to
2: you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. With your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the petty. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Friday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel here with Mitch Hodge doing a little bit, something a little bit different this morning. Um, We got Joel, who has taken the day off. Uh, We got Dennis, uh, who has uh, also taken the day off. So you got myself, and you got Mitch Hodge, and I've got a bunch of guests joining us. Actually, our first guest is already here. I'm going to bring him on in like 30 seconds here. Uh, But before we do that, everyone, well, right, uh, Mitch, let's start with some earnings here, uh, and let's just start with Chewy, okay? Uh, I want to start there because Chewy is super volatile
1: Chewy, in the Chewy. after-hour
2: session. It is down a smidge, down about a buck uh, from the close. Uh, and the numbers were, were okay, but they talked a little bit about um, uh, supply chain problems. There is a labor shortage. Obviously, you've all heard about that. So anyway, the uh, earnings per share beat, they made $0.09 per share last quarter versus a $0.03 loss estimate. Their sales beat two, well, basically in line, two point one four versus $2.13 billion. Active customers, about $19.8 million, up 31% year over year. They gave us some sales guidance for the year and for the quarter. The uh, Q2 sales guidance came in above estimates. The uh, fiscal year sales guidance uh, came in more or less in line um so like the the numbers were fine but like i said uh the biggest takeaway was uh they talked about supply chain problems they're sold out of some products and they are having a hard time because of uh that and they can't hire people that they want to hire so anyway as i said stock volatile down about a buck here in the pre-market session mitch your thoughts on chewy
0: yeah, so it looks like we recovered from this kind of 66, 81, or maybe you could say 67 support here. A nice little lift up, but now I'm going to come into this kind of resistance that we're going to run into closer towards uh 84. 84 is going to be the level that I'd be looking at to kind of get into some resistance today. But it is looking nice. I mean, it has had a good amount of volume this morning, so it's already trading about uh 9, 000 shares. Um, if we look at the hourly and you can see kind of how this support is holding in pre-market and it's holding kind of that prior resistance. So this is the resistance. This is now the support. Let's see if that support holds into the open. So we're talking about 77.50. If I could see kind of that hold at the open, I would I would be looking at this one going into the open. I, I'm wondering, uh, and, and Chad, feel
2: free to, to help me out on this. I, I haven't observed that much of a relationship between Chewy and GameStop. Um, I would think that they would that there would be some correlation there because they have the Ryan Cohen ties. I know Ryan Cohen is not, um, he's not the CEO of, of Chewy anymore. He's he's just the founder of the company. Um, but I I, I would have thought that I would have assumed that there would have been some sort of correlation be, between Chewy and GameStop. We'll find out today because GameStop um kept on going down yesterday after its report. Um, that yeah. again again big candle yesterday, right? Big candle for GameStop. So what? Let's just see how sweet how Chewy checks out. Uh I, I'm I'm curious to see that correlation. Um, and don't worry guys, I see tickers in chat. We will get to tickers. Um, we got a lot coming here. We got Marcus Carter is gonna be on the show at eight thirty, uh, I hope, to talk about ride Lord's time motors. We've got Jason Raznick joining us at eight forty-five or so, and I've got my man Ryan Faluna, who is uh, a trader extraordinaire, Benzinga Pro Master. And he will be on at like nine fifteen. Uh, so we got we got a we got a big one today. We had a lot of people coming on. I did reach out to Adam F. Adam Furistini from Stat News. Uh, but he couldn't come on today, unfortunately. So we're trying to get him on the show next week. Um, Yogi Bull, did mark his sell. I don't know. We're gonna find out. That do- we definitely we're gonna find out. <laughs> Let's stick, with, stick with the earnings theme and, and go to a play here, Dave and Buster's. Let's do it. They also reported last night, and uh, they hey they made money, Dave and Buster's. Was profitable for the first time in what a
0: year, I think, probably. Right. Um, let's, yeah, do- it looks like one of those, uh, buy the rumors, sell the news kind of thing, though. Right. Cause I mean, look, look at that run up right before the earnings first
2: time they're profitable since the four since the last quarter of uh, 20. 20- Um, Since the since the April report of last year. Uh, Congratulations to them. They made some money on the bottom line. Here are the numbers. Uh, Q1 EPS 40 cents per share versus an estimate of a 16 cent loss sales of 265 versus 257 million dollars. Uh, Q2 sales guidance coming in well above the estimate. They guided a range of around 340, 345 mil versus a 287 million dollar estimate. So they they're saying we're going to make more money next quarter uh, or more revenue than than the street thought. And hey, we're back to profitability guys. We are making money here again. Dave and Buster's, how is the stock doing this morning? I looked but I don't remember. It is
0: Look at that hourly. It's holding pretty well. It even did like a nice dip yesterday. But man, look at that recovery that it did going into the close. So it's looking great. Uh, big price point today, 47. It's, it's at 46.70. Uh, it's tried multiple times to hold 47 above it. And it has like some wicks up there. That's why I'd be paying attention to see the volume come in today. If You see some big volume step up there. Could be the buyers taking control.
2: I want to know in chat uh, one if you have gone or planning or would go to a Dave and Buster's um, since they reopened. Because um, I, I don't actually know. Aside from Luke Jacoby, I don't know anyone who actually goes there. Uh, or this has, guy. It, or you you go. You're a Dave and Buster's guy. All right. I, I, I
0: like I like gaming and and, and having a little bit of yeah. a fun, a little drinking. Yeah. I, I used to go to this bar in Denver. It's called One Up. But that's like classic arcade games. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't mind a, a Dave and Busters. Why not? Yeah. No? Okay. Reopening I, play. I mean, there's one near me and I went with Luke a year like years ago. But I, did you have a good time? Oh, sure. Sure. All right. So then yeah, you know, it, it's not something that you maybe go every weekend, but uh, um, you know, it's definitely what I like about it is that they have an ability to 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 mix two adults too, right? Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of kids still go to Dave and Busters, but Adults also go to Dave and Buster's. Also,
2: uh, yeah, I guess so. It's uh, not like Chuck E. Cheese,
0: you know. Chuck E. Cheese is—they're not still around, right? <laughs> they are. <laughs> Wait, are they really? <laughs> yeah, they are, man. Wait a minute, I'm gonna look this up. On. In the in the pandemic, you could deliver their pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. I just googled Chuck E. Cheese location. Oh no, wow. they are Chuck still- Cheese, bro. Come Wait on, minute. bro. Wait a minute. All right, all right, let's
2: not get stuck on the Chuck E. Cheese. I, I told you guys this is going to be a different show, and and, and, and I, I meant it. Hold on a second.
0: All right, I'm I'm in Detroit, Michigan. This is what happens when you get Money Mitch on pre-market prep. You start oh, looking at Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> there's several of them near me. Arcade bars. There you go. My my people know about it. Barcade. I like it, Todd. Yeah. The barcades, bro. Those are the there's, best. There's a couple of those. Oh, man. Chuck E. Oh, Cheese oh. is for adults, Andrew says. I, I haven't been to one in,
2: in 25 years, but I will uh, have to check one out maybe uh, soon. All right. Someone in chat asked about Snowflake. Why is Snowflake down? They had an investor day yesterday. Um, and here, let me read you some headlines that, that came out of that. Uh, they guide, so they gave some guidance, basically. They gave some long-term product revenue guidance, like like years out. Um, which like they, they gave like they gave 2029 targets just think about that for a second they gave estimates for 2029 okay um they also talked about their margins i guess I guess the uh the margin number was was a little bit weaker than people thought and from what I'm seeing from this analyst there's still some concerns about um high this fact that the stock is a really high valuation or the company is a really high valuation so wait is that snowflake he got up there
0: I get it up All right
2: now cuz yeah snow. I got my No. Of- uh,
0: is the snow bit- falling? or is the snow got- picking up, man?
2: So anyway, so investor day is, is the reason why um I'm going to go back to announcing investor days for the week um ahead of time. I didn't I stopped doing it cuz there was like so many of them. And I wasn't sure if you all cared. Um, and a lot of them are inconsequential, but a lot of them are consequential. So every Monday, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna start just giving you a a preview of uh, what's to come for Investor Days. Where, there are a lot. Where this is the time of year when there's a lot because we're in between earnings season. So anyway, Snowflake is down to two thirty nine this morning. Uh, let's pull up. Is that a daily?
0: Yeah, daily right here. Okay.
2: Cool, cool, cool. What, what comes out to you besides the, the steady downtrend?
0: <laughs> this huge volume on uh, May 27th. What do we have on news there? Do we have anything on news there? May 27th. May 27th. Can you look 27th. it up yeah i'll keep talking about the chart so this looks like the classic Gil morales undercut and rally we got you guys have seen him on here on pre-market prep i give him the shout out because that's who uh, i kind of learned this play even from and the way he explained it was perfect you know a lot of times you get these runs right into kind of the ipo but then it'll go back down and kind of attack that pricing get below that and then you'll see some buyers kind of step up a little bit lower and then when it comes back towards that level we want to see a big volume bar kind of step in to show that the drive is really starting. That's kind of what this bar right here shows on that May 27th. That's 17 million shares traded there. So is there any news there, Spencer? Yeah, they had earnings after hours on the 26th. So Boom. there you go. There you go. There you go. There, there's a catalyst. You got a catalyst news. What you want to do is now see some follow through. So what do we see since that day, right? We saw a little sideways action, which is actually a good thing, right? I mean, when you get sideways action after earnings, it's kind of people digesting the earnings, right? Like taking it in, figuring out, okay, so wh- where the levels at? What is the stock really uh, evaluated at? And then now you started seeing the push up there towards 255.99. So look for that number to break out today. So that'd be 256. So look for 256 to break out today. That's what I'll be looking if it can get some volume too, because if you got 14 million, uh, 17 million shares traded here, on average, I'm seeing about three to 4 million shares traded. I would love to see Eight million shares traded today on that breakout. Uh, I just saw this headline come through.
2: Uh, McDonald's just dis, uh, disclosed a, data, uh, a, a a data breach uh, in in Asia. Uh, I guess in here you know, where in, in in Korea and South Korea and Taiwan, uh, hackers accessed some customer and employee data, but no ransom was paid. Is that? Bull- I love that.
0: I love that last yeah. little bit. Yeah.
2: So <laughs> no I, I guess that's bullish. This <laughs> is we had EA yesterday disclose that they had the source code stolen for 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 uh, some game, and we had McDonald's saying we got hacked. Uh, we got hacked as well this morning. So, there's two hacker headlines in two days, man. Bullish cybersecurity.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, it, the, these this hacker situation is definitely getting starting to get out of hand. And so for that being said. Why don't we take? I just want to take a quick look. How's CrowdStrike doing? <laughs> I know this stock has been performing well since the pandemic. I mean, if you look at it since the pandemic, I mean, look at that, look at that chart. Um, but yeah, looking strong today. Look at that CRWD, strong candle. Yep, internet security. Let's see if the, the cyber. I'm
2: I'm pretty sure that's in the uh, uh, whatever whatever ETF. I, I don't even know what ETF I own. Jesus. Oh my God! You know uh,
0: Spencer; he owns them all.
2: <laughs> oh, no, I don't. I wait. Hold on a second. I am. Uh, I have to look right now because I don't. Hackers
0: can hack anything these days. I know, man. It's it's impressive, Jack. I I would have to say that too. It's it, it's it's getting out of hand. I mean, CIBR—that's the one that I own. CIBR.
2: CIBR. The
0: the, C-I-B-R.
2: The, the the first trust Nasdaq cybersecurity ETF.
0: Look at that candle. There we go. Very similar candle. so maybe hey, you, you, this is how you find plays sometimes. You know, it was it was a news that wasn't necessarily these stocks, but maybe these stocks actually move off of it, and McDonald's doesn't. Maybe, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, look, the, the whole my, my whole thesis was like
2: when I bought it last year was there's going to be a lot more of these headlines, right? So and, and 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 typically when we saw, I don't know if this is still the case. Um, I guess it's happening this morning, but historically when you see, every time you saw. One of these headlines, of, oh, big data breach, you know, Sony, uh, whatever, um, Capital One, right, whatever. Uh, typically, yes. when this happened, these stocks would all spike. And I thought, well, if there's going to be more of them, then I should just hop on the train. Um, and I guess it's happening here today. So it is 827. Uh, we're going to have Marcus Heidkotter on in a couple of minutes. Um, what should we do until then? Let's talk about the cruise stocks for just a second here. Because, uh, cruising? yeah, well, RCL is trading down. This is, see, we're, I feel like we're back to where we were a year ago now when um, these cruise stocks would all trade down every time there was news that somebody got sick. And that is, I think, what's happening here this morning because there was this headline going around. Uh, I guess two people on a Royal Caribbean ship uh, that were sharing a room together tested positive for COVID. And so they're still on the ship. And they – everybody on board was vaccinated. Uh, I guess, no, everybody over 16 was vaccinated that was on board. And two people tested positive anyway. So that, I think, is – I suspect is is what's hitting RCL here this morning. Um, I I didn't look at the other crew stocks. I know Carnival – yeah, they're all down. They're all down. Um, I know Carnival also had a headline. They uh, clarified some some dates going forward for – for uh, they're re-entering, yeah, their summer 2021 schedule. Um, but but that's not relevant here. I think what's more relevant is the fact that two people got sick on a cruise, and the cruise stocks are all trading down. So, is this just a by the dip opportunity or what?
0: Well, first I want to give the the the, the chat a, a question. You know, yeah. would you go on a cruise? I would Absolutely. love to hear it. Yeah, you know, put yeah. a one if you would go on a cruise. I put would. a two if you yeah. wouldn't. I, would. I, I know Spencer and I are one. I love my cruises, but another another uh, release also on the ninth Royal Caribbean said that they would charge unvaccinated cruise passengers for tests and different protocols. So it's showing that, I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to probably need to be vaccinated to go on these cruises. So that's a good sign, at least. I mean, there's going to be maybe some unvaccinated people, but they're going to be paying up to get on there. So, yeah, looks like there's a there's there's a mix there. I see some ones and twos there let me just put it this way I survived a trip to Nashville
2: where I didn't wear a mask the entire <laughs> time and it was just packed everywhere I think like if i survived that i could i could easily survive a cruise um and now and you know with the vaccine I feel like Superman even if that's not the case i feel like it is so um anyway cruise stocks are trading down i would I'd be inclined to buy this dip personally um we are in we are in the midst of an uptrend across the board in in the sector so I'd be inclined to buy this dip if it were me
0: yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I'll keep a watch. um All of them are showing signs of weakness right now. NCLH, R, uh CCL, RCL. They're all showing at least hourly big red candles. Let's see yeah. if they recover today. Yeah, and, and going into the market. I, I I want Chad's thoughts on this. uh How are you approaching cruise ships or disease traps? Maybe. Um, <laughs> But well, one of the things that was mentioned to me by uh, a chat member that is usually yeah. in our spax attack. And Spencer, yeah. you can tell me this. What do you think? So he said it, he said it best. I mean, the first couple of cruises, isn't that gonna be the cleanest the ship has been in forever? It's a good point. It's
2: a great point. You want to be on the first one,
0: right? Yeah, the first one. That, that, yeah. that ship is gonna be squeaky clean, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. That's a really good point. Really good point.
2: All right, it is 8:30. Let's bring on – I know you guys have been – you've been asking for this guy for days. You've been clamoring. What did Marcus do? What did Marcus do? And I think I don't know. I don't know. We'll find out on Friday. Well, here he is, Marcus Heidcotter from Rockwell Trading. His camera's not working, but I promise you he's here. Marcus, Hi, good morning. Uh, good morning. How, How are you doing?
3: I, 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 I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? Uh Great. Great. Yeah. So, I mean uh... – Let's talk. If I can share my screen, so I thought this morning uh, we talk about uh, Alcoa. The symbol is AA. Spend wow. the next 15 minutes here. I'm just <laughs> kidding. Of course, we're gonna talk about ride. I mean, you, you had,
2: you
0: had me
3: to talk about half. Alcoa.
2: You had me in the first half, Marcus. I'm not gonna lie. You had me in the first
1: half. <laughs>
3: okay. Alcoa. I was like steel. <laughs> why not but by the way uh, i i did sell a put on alcoa so i mean uh <laughs> true true so uh, the positions that i'm in uh right now i just can quickly show you yes uh so alcoa uh, camping world lvs mu right we'll talk about this uh x us steel zillow so sold puts on all of them uh, all doing pretty well but we gotta of course talk about right because right had this fantastic right up so uh, I mean, if you have never ever listened to the show, which is a huge, huge, huge mistake, and never listened to me, um, quick recap, twenty-second uh, recap. I got into ride uh, in February. So in February, I sold puts on ride, uh, got assigned, uh, bought seven thousand shares at twenty-one fifty, um, sold some more puts, bought some more shares, brought my cost basis down to fifteen seventy-nine, and then this week, it is happening. It is happening. It is happening. It is happening. It is happening right goes all the way up to $15.80 and i know that you're all rooting for me and say oh we, mark- go,
1: we are just go.
3: we are rooting for you yes No, i'm still in this thing for two reasons okay so let me tell you <laughs> first of all first of all I, I wasn't in front of my computer when all of this happened i oh, there of front of my there, there was in the
0: a, a little key information oh, there Please, Marcus.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, I I already I trade for the first thirty minutes. I, I like to trade the open, so between nine thirty and ten o'clock, that's usually my time. I'm not staring and babysitting my trades all day long, and uh, yes. I, I, nobody should. I I feel. I mean, I I like to live a life, and uh, this is what I do. So the first thing, I was in front of the computer, yeah. and uh, in the afternoon, I'm looking at the close, and I see, oh my gosh, they made a high of fifteen eighty, and then they dropped all the way down to ten dollars eighty. What the heck is happening here? So, I mean, this is the first reason. The second reason is as soon as I image position, I'm selling calls. So yes, I did sell the 1550 calls expiring today. Now, these calls as the stock jumps up, these calls are obviously underwater. I mean, this is just part of the game. So even though the stocks were at break even here, at this point, the calls were down around $12,000, which is no big deal because on expiration, you see, today they expire worthless, absolutely worthless. I rolled them down, by the way, to the 15. So this is why I'm still in the the trade. So what, what did Ride do? I mean, they had great momentum going into, uh, in, I mean, just they were going up. It was going well. And then they filed the report with the SEC. I uh, know it with the SEC. Yeah. Anyhow, the report that they need to file and say, yeah, you know what? Um, as we stated in our uh, in our earnings call, um, we need cash. We have right now like 500 million or something like this. But by the end of the year, these 500 million will dwindle down to somewhere around 50 to 75 million. And this is by the end of the year. So, you guys all ask us, can we survive for a year? No, we cannot. So if we, if we want to survive for a year, we need more money. So nothing new. However, uh, it looked like, oh my gosh, they're going out of business and uh, this is where the stock plummet. Now then, yes, no, two days ago, two days ago, the highest volume day here, the highest volume day uh, with 56 million shares traded because there was this rumor we might have an investor. So, uh, Anybody who is in uh, in ride know that their investor relations is the worst ever. Their communication with the public just plain sucks. <laughs> so, anyhow, uh, this is where they're not communicating. So here is what I think is happening, and I, I I'm not that smart. This is why I wanted to run by you because uh, you guys yeah. usually have all the background information. So, I believe they know that they need an investor in order to get an investor they needed to file this SEC filing because any investor would say, dude, if you don't file, they were, they were delinquent on filing this. They had until July 21st, but any investor would say, dude, you gotta file this thing. Otherwise you're not getting any money. Okay. So this is done. Now they say, okay, maybe there is an investor coming. And the third thing is, they are still sticking by their story that they will produce in September and they are still doing this, this Lordstown week. In fact, yesterday, they posted something on Twitter uh, where they said, hey, look at this. We are getting ready. The first Lordstown week is around the corner. We'll go live. And they post a little video here. Uh, by the way, I uh, on my YouTube channel, I went on a little rant yesterday and I, I do it again. Uh, Dear social media manager on Lordstown, if you do have any good news that you would like to tweet, please don't tweet them 30 minutes after the close. Please tweet these things while the markets are open. Anyhow, so <laughs> this just uh, this happened after the close. So here's what I'm doing right now. Um, so let me just show you, because, oh, this. Not, not only is the camera not working, there we go. So my break even right now is at uh, 1439. So at this point, I mean, I obviously need to get out of the uh, trade. So I'm selling very aggressively the 14 calls and uh, let, let's just uh, jump over there. So I still have a 15 call that is expiring today. So this makes me another $1,000. So that's okay. Uh, so this one here uh, sold it for, yeah, anyhow, I uh, sold it for 10 cents, sold a hundred. So this makes me a thousand dollars, but let's just see what is happening here on right. Uh, ride for next week. So for next week, right now, the 14 call is selling for, uh, bid ask is 30 over 34. So let's just say, let's just say 30. So if I sell hundred, this would give me uh, another $3,000. $3,000 would brings then my realized gains uh, for right, Let me just bring it up here, year to date. Uh, from uh, 14,000 and something uh, where is it there to 17,000 and it lowers my cost basis by another 30 cents so lowering the cost basis by another 30 cents means that I'm getting closer to to 14 and honestly at this point I'm ready to to exit this with a loss if I can get out with uh, let's say a 20,000 thousand dollar loss I'm okay now here's the deal uh, the account that I'm trading is uh, it's a 250 thousand dollar cash account five hundred thousand dollar in margin. so if we just take the twenty thousand based on on the cash so this would be a loss of eight percent okay don't like a loss of eight percent but Please, trust me
2: this is what I want to know right now how big a portion of your portfolio is is this, is this right position
3: oh uh, that's uh, uh let me show you it's not a lot it's not a lot um, yeah how much of the buying power is it taking? Uh, next to nothing, 31,000. It's taking 31,000. Honestly, look at this. All of the the other positions that I have, here's the capital requirements. For Alcoa, it's 41,000. For Camping World, it's 41,000. Here, it's uh, 18,000. 27,000 here, right? It's 31,000. It's not eating up a lot of my buying power. I mean, that is not the challenge. It's just that I'm kind of... um, getting sick and tired of talking about it and having it in my portfolio,
1: to be honest. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, I, I bet
3: you are. I bet you are. I mean, uh, yeah. So, uh, I mean, overall, in realized profits, I'm up uh, to $94,000. So probably by the end of the month, I'll have $100,000 in realized profits. So I need to get out of right. And even if I'm selling it at 20... So by the way, this right now, uh, because I already collected so much premium uh even though it shows here the unrealized loss on the stock is fifty one thousand since I collected premium i'm down thirty seven thousand so even thirty seven thousand right now on a uh, uh what on a two hundred fifty thousand dollar cash, it's down like sixteen percent yes, that's not nice, but trust me in the beginning of my trading career, I don't know about you but i <laughs> I actually made trades that dragged my account down by fifty percent sixty percent so
2: um, uh, here's the, totally silver line, the, the silver lining, I guess, is you're going to have a lower tax bill
3: this year. Oh, gosh. I, I just talked to my CPA because here in Texas, <laughs> uh, we have to file by next Tuesday. So by next Tuesday, we have to file. And uh, yeah, I'm filing. I just talked to him. I, I mean, you you can um, buy a really, really, really nice house from the tax bill that I got from last year. So <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter where I live. It doesn't uh, matter where I live. Even if you live in California, you can buy a nice house from my te- from yeah. the taxes
1: that I have to pay. Uh, Uncle Sam
2: gets his. Well, you're gonna have a lower one this year, Marcus. Please,
3: please do us all a favor and please cut this. Just ride out. Why, man. What, what else out. do you want to talk about then on Fridays? Do you really want to talk about Alcoa? I'll, I'll be happy to talk about Alcoa. I, I <laughs> have I
1: have
3: no I have nothing invested in
2: this, and yet I'm inve- I'm emotionally invested in this now, Marcus. <laughs> We're all with you. I, I We're
3: all in it, it with you. But please, see the bigger picture, see the bigger picture right now. If I would liquidate it right now, it would be for me a 15% loss. That is not the end of my account. Right. If I'm getting out with 20,000, that is an 8% loss. I, I think that, uh, and I mean, this would be the only loss, the only loss the whole year thus far. So if I'm making $100,000 and if I'm giving back $20,000, of course it sucks, but Bigger picture, it's okay. (laughs) So, and I I don't think that they will go bankrupt in the next two weeks. So, I just need a little pop. We'll see. We'll see. I, I think, I'm almost certain that by next Friday, I'm out of this one. So let's let's see. So okay, so next Friday. So that wait, what's that? That's the
2: 18th. So the week after is their invest is their Lordstown week, whatever, right? Investors, analysts. Customers, if they exist, whatever. Right. You, you want to be out before that happens. That's what you're saying.
3: Uh, yeah. And I, because I think that this is a, a kind of buy the rumor, sell the fact. Yeah. You, you see, when they announced the Lordstown week, uh, the stock was jumping up. When they announced a few days ago, hey, we are biting the whole world. We are doing it virtual. The stock jumped up. And we know this. I mean, you talked about what stock was it about that you talked about earlier? It's buy the rumor, sell the fact. I believe, I believe that uh, investors and analysts will be a little bit underwhelmed on what they see during this week. So I do want to be out before this. This was my plan all along. I'm not gambling and hoping that they wow investors there. I think uh, during Lordstone week, the stock will go down. What, what I do like is that even though you haven't
2: sold yet, um, you're not taking the mindset like, I should just diamond hands and eventually I'll get bailed out. Cause you know, that's not, that that's probably not going to happen. And you know, um, that that's just not really how it works. So I, okay. I, 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 appreciate that. I appreciate that. Even though you haven't sold your mindset is not,
3: I'm never selling. No, 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 no. I, I mean, this is where it's, it's really time to get out. So yeah. the wild card right now is, well, they secure funding and that is a super wild card when they secure funding, we, we have seen what, what happened two days ago where they went from $9 to $12.80 in a matter of minutes just on rumors. So this is here uh, what an almost $4 move on rumors that they might have an investor. So I do believe that they could jump. Um, Are they a long-term a viable company? I, I, I don't know and I, I have learned more about Lordstown than I ever care to know because we we talked about it. This is a long-term investment. Why is this a long-term investment? It's a short-term investment gone bad. Every long-term investment is a short-term investment gone bad, right? And I, I, I'm done with this. I don't want to have it any longer. And okay. uh, so I'll, I'll see. My okay. break even right now is at 1440. I believe that today we will see a little pop. You see pre-market, we are up at 1074. Uh, that I can probably make another uh three thousand dollars uh today, around three. I hope maybe four thousand dollars. We shall see to bring down my break even to fourteen. But this means that if I want to get out with a with a twenty thousand dollar loss, all I need is this stock to go up to twelve. And we are ten seventy four. So does that sound reasonable that they go to twelve? I believe that is possible over the next week. Uh, okay.
2: We'll, well, what- Let's move on. 15 minutes on Lordstown Motors.
3: Tell us about a winner. I'm sure you had a winner or two. Tell us about something else. Oh, I have I've, uh, I've tons of uh, winners here right now. So, for example, I have uh, – seriously, going back to Alcoa. Uh, let me just show you this. Steel, I'm not just baby. Them. Yeah. yeah. So Alcoa uh, sold the strike price of 35 Uh This is working out really great. As long as they stay about 35 uh, today, this will be a nice winner. Uh, Camping World sold the strike price of thirty-seven fifty. If they stay above thirty-seven fifty, that's fine. They're up this morning to forty uh, twenty-eight, uh, so that's a good one here. Uh, LVS, I am uh, still in this one. Uh, bought shares at fifty-eight, but I already sold so much in premium. I can show you. I'm down on the shares, but this is just uh, this has been a money maker. Uh, so here, uh, let's just go to LVS. So I, I, I sold a bunch of premium, $5,300. Right now, I'm kind of down on the shares, but that's only $4,000. In, in my account size, this is what, like a, a little 2% or something like this. Uh, so I'm still up. If I would sell them right now, I would still be up and uh, finish this positive. But I'm selling calls against this. I, I, I like LVS here. This is really a nice, nice, nice money maker. where I can sell calls. Uh, what else? MU um, entered this week, a strike price of 77, as long as they stay above 77. Oh, did I forget? Okay, I'll share my screen. Uh, we'll be good. So we are trading at 80 uh, this morning, pre-market. Uh, then we talked about, right? XUS Steel uh, bought, uh, no, sold the 2250 put. Uh, so we are doing good here. And Zillow, I sold the 104. So all of these positions, it's just money, 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 money. And so today is uh, the day where all of these options expire worthless, mm-hmm. as you can see. So it's catching. So what will happen here going into the market open? I look for new opportunities for next week, right? So I need to sell some puts for next week. This way, I can already earn money over the weekend when time decay is kicking in.
2: Yeah, great point. Uh, it's an options expiration day. We didn't mention that yet. It's going to add some volatility to the market, I presume. Um yeah. so so all right this time next week we're going to talk about some new positions
3: um <laughs> all okay. right the saga continues <laughs> i mean I'm, I'm getting ready to write a book on ride <laughs> hey
0: you might have to you, marcus you know what you have to do you might have to be one of those people that go drive the lord's sound truck yeah i i i want to see you in
1: in
2: uh, the in ride truck. truck i, I want to see uh, you honestly. the
3: in Ohio. Until last week, until last week, uh, <laughs> before they announced this this uh, thing that with the SEC filing that they need money, I thought, you know what, it would actually be fun to make fifty thousand to uh, fifty two thousand dollars on this trade and with this winnings buy one of these trucks. I right? I, I thought this would be fun. Right now it's okay, abandoned ship here, get off uh get off the Royal Caribbean cruise line ship. <laughs> hey, well, well and back to port there there's buying a
2: truck and there's receiving a truck this is two, two very different things <laughs> <laughs> truck load either way all right M- marcus Highcutter uh is he joins us every friday at 8 30 to talk about his trades usually there's winners uh we all have a stinker every so often uh here's his link uh it's up on the screen right now rockwelltrading.com slash benzinga to uh hear more from marcus uh link is also in the description of the video uh marcus thank you for the time thank you for joining us and i very very much look forward to next friday all right all right sounds good have a great weekend all right thanks a lot marcus Um, all right there's a link up i'll leave it i'll leave it up there for a second rockwelltradingcom slash benzinga i want to bring up this chart that i saw this morning Um, this is I I, i believe from bank of america This is a chart of flights to Hawaii, flights from the mainland U.S. to Hawaii uh, over the last few years. You can see I would call that an uptrend. That is a big, big, big comeback in flights to Hawaii. Uh, I was uh, looking at at HA. It's it's come a long way, Hawaiian Airlines. Um, I just saw this chart, and I wanted to bring it to your attention because – I, you know, I know I'm not the first person to see this and obviously the Hawaiian Airlines has been on, been on a bit of a run, but I thought it was interesting and I wanted to share. So that's that.
0: No, definitely. I mean, it's something definitely to share and it's a trend that I'm um, going to continue to see not only Hawaii, but let's just continue to see kind of the flight numbers, right? That are, that get released. Um, I want to see that, that, that number start increasing as we're going into July. We should definitely see that number increase.
2: Yep. Uh, Ramon's asking, where is Dennis and Joel? Ramon, remind, uh, rewind the show about a half hour. You'll catch Dennis and Joel abandon us. Um, so that's that's the story uh, on that. But we're having fun. You got Spencer Israel and Money Mitch Hodge here. Uh, we just finished with Marcus. We're going to have Jason on in a couple of minutes. He said 8:45, but he lied. Uh, that's all right. He'll, he'll be on eventually. <laughs> yeah, he'll show up. <laughs> he'll show up eventually. <laughs> probably. we will probably show up eventually. That's kind of how, how we roll here at at, at Benzinga. Um Mitch, let's talk about for a second. I don't don't want to spend too long on it, but yeah. uh this ORPH from yesterday, I think, offered a really cool. great oh, a, a rocket, really, really great lesson in the challenges of trading stocks that have that have been halted a gajillion times. Okay. So uh you have the chart. There we go. I, I yeah, I'll go, go back I'll, to I'll, where I'll at, the, the halts. Right. <laughs> so Here's a tr- you know what here let's just show you here this is Benzinga Pro uh you can look at halts okay on Benzinga mm-hmm. Pro uh we we have a feature uh we have a tool it's called signals this is the signals tool you can filter it by different types of signals by gaps by price spikes by options or by that little yellowish box there halts and resumptions okay and then you can search for individual stocks as I did for ORPH so this is from yesterday okay let um. And you can see here how many times was orPH halted uh on Thursday you uh the first halt was at 1050 these are all five minute volatility halts actually no not all of them some of them are are uh, a little longer anyway uh how many halts let's count one two three four five six seven eight nine ten at 12 30 um, uh, 11, 11 first, thirteen 14 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 twenty, 20 21 22, 23 halts 23 halts yesterday in this stock. Back to the chart. Okay, There it is. Let's pull up a one-minute chart, and let's zoom out. Uh, No, let's go back to 15-minute chart. Okay, Um, This offers a great lesson, I think, in it might seem like fun and easy money to try to trade this thing. It went from, what did it go from? Um, Four, three to 80 or whatever in one day, but that can happen. That being stock gets halted at, what, 60 uh, 56, right? And opens at what? Opens at 23. And there's nothing you can do about it. When, when we say it's impossible to control your risk, that's what we mean, right? So I thought that was a great lesson and why these things are really, 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 really hard to play and potentially really, really dangerous. I know you've tried to play this stuff in the past.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've played Holtz before. I mean, i played short float stocks before. I mean, if you look at the float, the stock has a, a, at least from what I'm reading here, 24.5 million in the float. So that's really not that much, guys. Anything under that 30 million can really, really start moving if they start pushing volume into it. And so one of the things with this one is I I did hear there was kind of a, a, a chat room that was in on this spencer just to give us a little insight ah, there was a chat room in on this that was pushing up okay um, so definitely pay attention to that always be careful with that because you can always get caught with like some other chat room pumping the stock you have no idea when they're getting out because you're not in that chat room and then you can get caught really fast so the, one of the things that I would always say about halts at least in my experience my experience the first halt It's kind of okay to be in. You kind of never know when you're going to get into that that first halt. It just hits. Then you're like, okay. When the stock goes up, usually after that first halt, that's when I usually try to get out. Because second halts, yes, can usually continue on its way up. But that third halt, and you look at this in the percentages and you could do the data. A lot of times after that third halt, you're going to get a down halted move. And a down halted move is really tough to stay in because when the stock actually reopens, all you're getting is the volume on the opposite side. And so with that being said, sometimes you can get stuck and you have to just start slamming the bid trying to get out. And a lot of times you're going to start seeing your orders slip. And then, so you'll get a lot of slippage in a stock like this, too. And so, this is when you really, really need to respect limit orders. You go and throw a market order at this, you're just asking for trouble, right, Spencer? I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, you, 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 that's how you really get in trouble. A stock like this, you throw a market order. I mean, you could, you can kiss yourself goodbye. You'll, you'll, you'll end up with a palm face. Um, but definitely, guys, just be careful with stocks like this. I do not mind traders even like looking at stocks like this, because if you're a day trader, I mean, you're looking for momentum, but sure. you always have to respect the risk. And one of the things that the question I always ask myself, what's the ultimate risk for me? Let's say if I got in this stock at 40, the ultimate risk is for it to come all the way back down towards 15. And so you got to understand that, that that downside action could happen to you. If you can take that risk, then okay, but a lot of times, if you if you're going to look at a trade and the positive is maybe twenty points up, but the downside is also twenty points down, that's n- not a trade at least I want to be a part of Spencer.
2: Yeah, super super dangerous. Um, only get these things if you have a really really good understanding of, um, you know, limit orders and reading tape. But even that, I,
0: I, I, I would just, stay. another thing is if you have access to dark pool information, well, I mean, who, who here has that? I mean, I'm just giving you, I'm just giving you how, how, how you got to be able to trade these yeah. because a lot of times you're going to see some dark pool orders on these. If you guys don't know what dark pools are, yeah, look them up guys. All right. And now everyone's
2: crapping on market orders. Market orders have their value. They're not like, like, you know, they have a purpose. Um, I, I I know I what do you use a
0: market order for?
2: What would I use a market order for? I mm-hmm. mean yeah, just let me think. Well, I mean I have you used think they for, have a purpose. I, I, I've, yeah, I've you well not, not for trading, not for all right, Let me change that. Amend my statement. don't use them for trading. But if you're like um you have an idea for like an investment, let's say you're doing some research over the weekend and you say, Oh, I found a stock, whatever I found a, I found an ETF I want to buy and I want to buy it now, then at the open, throw in a market order, and if if it's an investment, then do you really care? If if you're saying I found a new investment, that I'm going to hold for a long period, a year, two years, whatever. Then do you are do you really care about getting the best price? About getting your price? Because that's uh, all right. This is what I'm happened. a baby. I'm a baby. Wait, this is what happened to me. Okay, I tried to get cute. I wanted to buy ARKW. Right. Uh, this is this is this is early. This is early last year. This is pre-COVID. Okay. I wanted to buy ARKW, um, and I and I was like, all right, throwing out my order. I, I'm going to get my price. away from my price. My price never came. One week, two weeks, a month. I sort of forgot about it. You my missed price, it. I never came. And I was like, screw it, uh, screw it. Market order. Give me it now. And that and and it worked because, like, it had such a huge run after. Not not that I knew that was going to happen, but like, I don't care about. I don't, I don't care what my price was. My price was so I didn't get the best my best price. I don't care. I I don't I don't care. It, it wasn't about that for me. It wasn't about that. So I'm just saying, if you're trading, yeah, maybe don't use a market order. If you're investing, then they have a purpose. That's all. That 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 that's my, that's what I'm saying.
0: Hey, I, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna be on the opposite side a little bit. The only time I use a market order is when I need to get out of position. Sometimes if the oh, bids yeah, are not that's happening, also, that's awesome. That's 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 my that's my market out. Sometimes yeah. I'll be like, no, 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 no. If I see negative catalyst and I was in a stock, like let's say like how that ride took a a quick move down, right? Those are the type of stocks that I'll just be like, okay, I need I need to get out. There's a difference. Need. And want to get out are two different things, right? Yep. And so um, I think that's when you can use like maybe a market out. I'd I, I I'll, I'll be picking sometimes with my entries. And I understand exactly what you mean, Spencer. When yep. sometimes you're too picky, next thing you know, you miss the stock rocketing off because you were just trying to get it for two cents lower. And really, what were that two cents going to do? It was going to yep. be like point was zero three of a percent right. exactly. of a return. Exactly. And so exactly. I, I kind of understand that mentality. Yeah. Uh, definitely. And, and then easy, I think it's easy, easy Mike
2: said, um, you know, if you're, if you're in a stock with like a, a tight, tight, tight spread, you know, one, one cent spread, whatever, then a market order is fine. Right. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. The spread matters too. You're not going to get screwed uh on a market order in Apple. Right. Yeah. You're probably, it, 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 <laughs>
0: maybe not a market order in AMC. And it looks like it didn't really do
2: a whole lot the day after. Just trying to gauge their that reaction. That's the dailies; doesn't tell the whole story. Jason Rasnick, good morning. Are you buying the plaid or what? What's the deal?
4: Yeah, so plaid went up ten thousand in, in price uh, a week ago. I'm disappointed in the announcement. I said it. So I interviewed Sandy Monroe, um, the guy who's like moved moved the stock and probably the most important guy when it comes to electric like predictions prices. He's been the most powerful guy. Sandy Monroe, about three years ago, added about $40 billion to Tesla's valuation when he called Tesla the only company to do continuous improvement and move at the speed of thought. So every other company does all this work where they're, um, you know, where they're, you know, planning, planning, planning. But Tesla moves at the speed of thought. So Sandy Monroe, probably most important guy to Tesla from an outside perspective. My problem with it, and I confronted him on it, is that. Tesla used to put the battery, the type of thing on the back, the P performance, and they made a little different variations of these cars. My question to you is, Spencer, what if you got a plaid? Will someone know you're driving a plaid? No. And that
1: well, that, that makes, okay. makes I me. Mean, if it,
2: got, a king like with a plaid it with like, a plaid like uh, coat of paint, then maybe they would, but otherwise they wouldn't.
4: So Tesla, the plaid, I'm not excited about how they're marketing it. Do I think it's an amazing car, unbelievable car? Absolutely. Is the engineering behind it unbelievable? Yes. The battery is unbelievable. The engine, the motor is unbelievable, and it will sell. Do I think they need to change how they're pitching it and angling it? Absolutely. There's a reason why Mercedes does you know high end cars, the um, 500s, the 600s, all that stuff. There's a reason why they do that, and um, and. It makes a difference. You differentiate. You guys on an airplane, there's first class, there's coach, there's business class, there's bulkhead. There's a reason why. Yes, Mitch, you can be a little more comfortable in first class, but there's like a separation there. This Tesla plaid thing is um, not is not that. And it doesn't show that differentiation. So that scares me. The other thing is think about um, think about. when um, the Tesla shell, the outside of the car, the Model S has been the same thing since 2014. Since 2014, right? And they haven't changed the outside shell of it. That is awesome from a margin perspective. So Tesla's margins on not changing the outside shell of that car are absolutely amazing, right? But no differentiation, no update, no no mo- no something, you know? Then like that also is bad. So I don't know. I think you're going to see a diff- -- I think you're going to see um, immediate sales at a high price point, but um, it, it's, it's people that who buy the plaid, they buy it for branding and presence to say, "Hey, I have the plaid." A, a lot of people do that, and this time they will not be doing that. Okay. So
2: by and large, you, you like it, but you're mm, not, not in love with the overall plan sounds what it was what it sounds like yes
4: yeah uh, i'm not in, i'm not in love with the marketing plan and it's, i think it, it's gonna um i think it's gonna um it's gonna change you know i i do um, um do you i think
0: it was just a focus purely and solely on performance it wasn't there was not that much thought process into like let's say the aesthetics of the vehicle well so remember battery day mitch
1: Hmm.
4: So battery day, they got a, they got, you know, battery app and battery day, even though the technology is awesome. Yeah. Tesla isn't good at like the aesthetics part of changing the outside of stuff. They're really good at the engineering. And it's the most important thing, the electronics, the hoses, the, the carbure- like all that stuff inside it is seven years ahead of anyone else. Um, yeah. It's seven years. Now there's some things guys that, isn't seven years, but the, the the where they are, they're seven years. It used to be ten years. It's now seven years. Um, I just mentioned. Let me just tell you something, okay? So, say someone's going to buy you a, a present, right? Mm-hmm. And and someone said and Tesla's doing the Porsche strategy, but there's so many different models of Porsche. If someone got you a Tesla Model S, 2018 for forty thousand dollars, or 2016, okay? So if someone got you that, or they got you a brand new plaid. 2021 with um you know whatever no you would know you wouldn't know the difference
0: the outside would just be the same outside of the
4: same everything's the same except for the the, the, the steering wheel is different the dash is different the, the inside is different okay um by the way i'm saying all this stuff because I mean, I'm really long Tesla. I'm, you know, in 2014, I told Spencer Israel that there'll be a Tesla in every parking lot that he goes to. And he told after the show, he said, Jason, don't say how hyperbole on the show. That's never going to happen. And that has happened. So I'm really long Tesla. OK, I just don't like that. There's no, um, you know, it, that there's no like s- some differentiator for a plaid car. That's so expensive, Mitch. It's yeah. really expensive. Yeah. Yeah, and I haven't seen something that succeed like that. I What's the
2: price seen- tag? hundred and I had to rate thirty-nine. Thank you. One yeah.
4: one thirty-one. I, I heard something about a Mustang, but I, I don't. know. we we have the Ford something, the loudest engine ever, the Mustang F M one. I don't know what it's called. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it, but Luke has been driving it. He won't. He won't. Um, chair. He won't. He he like yeah, it's too loud for me. Said I'm like, dude, there's probably yeah. a way you can lower the volume all right so i'm still long amc i'll go with that then right. um what other stuff and then you guys know fgf and btn are two of my favorites fgf and btn fgf fgf i mean i told this fgf it will be over 10 within the next two weeks okay. um i still like it i know i am been wrong it's not to say that I've been right. I still like it. I'm going to use the tagline 6 and 60. So, six.
0: Oh, the Six Flags. Yep. Great reopening play. Except yeah, so. it looks like it's priced in or something. I don't know. Um, so it's it's
4: it's it's been bad, Mitch. I'm I'm down. Um, I'm down. I'm down a thousand. Uh, wait, I'm down three thousand dollars on it, but I'm down seven percent on it, and the options I'm down ninety percent. But Six Flags, I have this tag six and 60. So I'm saying by mid August, uh, Six Flags is at 60. It's kind of like what you guys were talking about earlier today with the cruise ships. You know what I mean? Like the, the cruise ships and what should you buy them or what have you? Mm-hmm. I um, I think Six Flags is going to see insane demand. Absolutely insane demands, demand. So
1: what, what,
2: about, what about fun? See your point.
4: Yeah, fun's another one, Spencer. I didn't like the valuation as much um, on it versus Six Flags, but you can play that too. You're, pro- you're probably you're probably safe in my book. But but just so we're clear, I, I I I have sucked it up. I mean I'm I'm down on the options of Six Flags, I'm down ninety percent. And on the stock of it, I'm down uh like seven percent.
2: Yeah, so. wasn't Six Flags the one that said they were gonna run out of money last year? They didn't, I, I remember there was some stuff about Six Flags' debt load. I vaguely remember this last summer.
4: Um, no, I like
0: this fun chart. You do? Yeah, I actually like the chart.
4: So I got the wrong one you're trying to tell me?
0: I mean, just uh, technicals, man. You gotta. I know that you're always a story and fundamentals guy. Yep, just try to me. get it off the support. Your, your timing sometimes is just you rush into the trade. That's all it is, but you usually end up in the green.
4: Okay, and then the other one that I have been buying in size is Caesars CZR. Yes. That's a good one. I like that. And then yes. the, one, and the one that hasn't really moved yet, guys, and I still think you can get in and be profitable, is win. Put the win in yes, win. D- W-Y-N-N. I want to see everyone put the win in win because you guys are all winners. Zinger Nation are all winners. Even the guys that hate me and dis- uh, are disgusted, you know, I just don't like to see people's shows cut short. It really makes me sad. All right. Dan so, Grasnick is the founder. But no, not- no, you can't not- cut me off yet. I have to do my signature thing every time I'm on, Mister Mister Spencer. Don't do, do it the yet. Signature. Okay. What's on your head?
2: I'm waiting for you. It, don't worry it's about it. In popcorn. It, it's my popcorn bucket. I'm, I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm waiting for the signature. That's. Good. I
4: got it. I'm just waiting to quiet. As always, if you're a listener to this show. All right, that's the fun. Uh, Jason Rasmick is the founder <laughs> of. <laughs> as, Boom. As as, as as always, if you like the show. And you think um, you know, you want to see more of us, let e-trade know. Um, so please do that and uh, we'll send you swag. We have a lot of swag in the office. If we can put on the camera in the back, if you guys want Benzinga swag, you want anything Benzinga related, we'll send it to you. So um email powerhour at benzinga.com. Email Spencer Israel at Benzinga.com, wish him happy birthday. Um powerhour at benzinga.com. If you want Benzing a swag, let those brokerages know um, that you love us or what have you. Or don't love us. I don't know. Either way. For the ones who work hard
2: to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or
1: just stop by.